0: Let's talk to our buddy, Kurt Helan. He is the lead NBA writer, manager, managing editor for NBCSports.com. You can follow Kurt on Twitter at Basketball Talk. And Kurt, as always, man, appreciate the uh, the time and, uh, you know, a lot going on in the NBA, but a lot going on here in Atlanta with these Hawks.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's not been, it's not been the smooth transition and, and season at all with uh, with um, DeJounte Murray coming in and certainly not, excuse me, certainly not the season the team or fans expected.
0: What do you make of all of the, for lack of a better term, backstage drama, um, all -hmm. of the things that have gone on behind the scenes with this team? I mean, you know, separate from what's happened on the court, what do you make of all of these stories that have come out about how dysfunctional—and that's the word that's been used and thrown around in NBA circles—about how dysfunctional this Hawks organization has been?
1: Yeah, it's it's been uh, a a talking point all season long, and and uh, partially I think it started out just because Nate McMillan has a lot of friends around the league. He's a, he's he's been around forever. He has a lot of fans, but it, the the challenges, I'm, I'm trying to think of the right word. I mean, look, there just doesn't seem to be a situation right now, or maybe it's getting there with, after all the changes, where there is a, or you know, everyone was on the same page and pulling the rope in the same direction. And when that's not happening, when everybody doesn't have the same vision for what you're trying to build and do in the front office, it gets, it's messy and confusing and you end up with kind of awkward decisions. And hopefully, you know, I, I Hopefully they are, with this now, hopefully for, for Hawks fans, at least they're, whatever's going <laughs> to, whoever's driving the boat at this point, like at mm-hmm. least everybody's hopefully, you know, rowing this thing in the same direction at this point, which I don't think was the case for a while. And that's, that does bleed onto the court, man. There's a, ownership is still, good ownership is still the greatest advantage, not just in basketball, but like professional sports. Like good ownership matters. <laughs>
0: So you mentioned about Nate McMillan and, you know, of course, a few weeks ago uh, there was a story that came out that, you know, maybe he's considering retiring and he kind of shot that down. But he also left it open that maybe at the end of the year and there's a growing consensus about whether or not Nate McMillan will be the head coach of of this team uh, next year. What do you kind of get the sense is the future of Nate McMillan with this organization?
1: Yeah, honestly, I, I don't know anybody around the league who thinks Nate McMillan will be back um, next season with the Hawks. That, that the choices they've made, the direction they're going, is is not. <laughs> he's there for right now, but he will not be back next year. That uh, they will get a a coach they feel is better suited to, to getting more out of this young core. I, I mean, that's part of it too, is that. Fair or not, whether this is all on him or not, um, or, or however you feel about him, coaches are scapegoats, man, <laughs> professional sports. Like if things don't go right above you or just players aren't executing, you get the blame for it, whether that's fair or not. And I don't want to say Nate's blameless in a, a in a disappointing season, but it's also all not on him. Um, but sometimes that's what it's it's the easiest move to make because he can't fire the coach and GMs don't like to fire themselves.
0: Well, let me ask you then. Follow up with that. So, do you think that Nate, if Nate McMillan leaves this position, do you still think that he's a viable commodity that he will get an NBA coaching job after this, and and he'll be in whatever demand that there is, sort of demand to to get an NBA job in the off season?
1: I w- first off, I would imagine he is back on someone's bench next year um, as an assistant. Uh, if you if you want, then. And never,
0: <laughs>
1: Nate McMillan. For I, I mean, it could be another situation where if he a, gets a head job, it's because he took over midseason, like he did here, right? Uh, like he did in Atlanta. That maybe that's what happens. But how should I put this? He's not seen around the league as a dynamic, innovative, cutting-edge young coach. But he can also be just solid, and sometimes, if you, depending on where you are with your organization, just a professional coach can be what you actually need so I never rule anything you know there's very few coaches I would ever rule out of getting a job again.
0: Kurt Helan lead NBA writer for NBCSports.com joining us here in the WadeFord.com hotline you know and one guy that I I I've said that DeJounte Murray is the MVP of this team he's not necessarily the best player I still think that falls on Trey and things but He's made so many winning basketball plays. And you look at his contract status. He's under contract this year. He's got one more year and then he can walk. Do you get the sense that DeJounte Murray is, you know, comfortable playing with this organization, comfortable playing with Trey Young? We know Trey Young recruited him pretty heavily, but you know, they paid a pretty good price. If he's just yeah. gonna walk in two years, but you're also looking at probably a guy who maybe isn't max, but boy, he's he's on the cusp of of you know, yeah. that, straddling that max money type of line. What what do you think about the future of Murray?
1: Yeah, he would have a lot of interest from around the league because he's a two way guard, because he can because he deflects everything, he's got those long arms, because he's a good defender. Um plus he can just kind of run the show and play this um, work on or off the ball, like you can put him in a lot of different situations. And have ball. Uh, there's an absolute demand for him around the league. And you're right; I would say not max, but pre- relatively close to it. With you know, with today's um, salary cap numbers, those are those are eye popping numbers. Yeah. But I think teams would see him as as having that kind of look. This point guard is still the it is, um, you know, where your best player is. But you can go ask the Clippers, just or better yet, go ask the Knicks how my functional point guard mattered, right? <laughs> just in terms of like winning some games and not looking like crap every night. Um, I think that there would be a high demand for him, and he's going to have to. I, I don't know how frustrated he is or isn't with, you know, I don't. I don't want to spend where his mindset is. But he he's in the advantage position of just having options. If he's, it's not just the money, going to be good money anywhere. He'll be able to go where he wants to play, where he thinks he can make a difference, where he feels he fits. Um, and the spur, and the Hawks have a year to make that Atlanta for him. I mean, he came there. He sounded like he wanted to be there. They're just they're going to have to ensure it.
0: Let's uh, bounce around the league uh, a little bit. Is is it is it very probable that Joker's in line to pick up his third straight MVP with the West and the fade and the way he's played? Is it very possible that he's going to win his third straight MVP?
1: It's definitely possible. I mean, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I don't think Luca's is totally out of the picture yet, but a lot of guys have eliminated themselves. So, well, eliminated themselves is maybe the wrong way to phrase that, but like. Kevin Durant was absolutely in the mix for this award, and I think he's just going to miss too much time. Stephen Curry was maybe the best player in the league over the until he got injured and, and just missed all this time. And then one of Jokic's advantages, on, on top of the wild on-off numbers and just the fact that he, he's really good, um, is that he's durable. I mean, he plays 75-plus games a year when everybody else is playing 65, and that... When you're thinking about how much value you're adding to a franchise, how valuable you are as the most valuable player, being on the court matters. (laughs) It matters a lot. So it's not – I mean, I think I had him, and I did this a while ago, and the Mavericks have stumbled since then, which I'm not totally – I got a feeling it's more Luca wearing down because you know Atlas can only carry the earth for so long. (laughs) That heliocentric system is a little much for him, uh, for anyone, but – that could be to their advantage. And I think there's voter fatigue. I think that's real. Guys with Jokic, and he'd have to be overwhelming, and they would have to win. They are winning. They are. And he has been as impressive as ever. So, yeah, there's a very real chance he picks this up.
0: How far ahead of everybody else in the Eastern Conference is the Boston Celtics?
1: When healthy, I think... When healthy right now, I think pretty far. The, the or enough of a step that I would trust them more in a seven-game series. I think he's close, but they're a little bit thinner this year. They 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 are out looking for another Jay Crowder, P.J. Tucker type and, and a little more depth. Um, they have four really great players, and it drops off after that. Um, I think Boston trusts its depth a little more. Brooklyn's good, but... I think you can push them around. I think the team that might give them the most trouble, the second-best team might be Philly. I mean, they've been playing so much better lately. Um, the challenge there is just... He's had more than his share of big game, elimination game meltdowns. Um, and I don't know if that cancels out with the massive number of elimination game meltdowns that Doc Rivers' teams have had, or if it just kind of... You know, it's an expo, you know, it's, it's a multiplier. I, I'm not... Like They're going to have to prove they can do it on this biggest of stages, but right now they might look like the second-best team just because they've kind of got – Tobias Harris is a good player, and since they moved De Anthony Melton into the starting lineup and, and when they're healthy and they can bring uh, Maxi off the bench, that's a, that's a really good, dangerous team.
0: Is the one team in the Eastern Conference that maybe nobody wants to play in a first-round matchup is the Cleveland Cavaliers?
1: Yeah, I look. I think they're going to be incredibly good in a few years, but I, I am a believer that you do have to learn how to win. I think at a certain level in the NBA, and you can, you can do that and transfer it. Like the, you know, the 2008 Celtics win the title that first year that Garnett and Pierce and, all, and Allen are all together, but they'd all learned less in other places they could bring with them. I think this team is so young. Outside of Donovan, none of them have a ton of playoff experience, except for Kevin Love, obviously. Um, I just think that. I think there's a learning curve there um, and they've got to figure out what they're going to do. They don't have a lot of great wing defenders and that's going to be a little bit of a problem going up against Boston or Milwaukee with those elite wing players. So I still think that they're a year away, but I also think in the next few years, let's put this way in the next few years, the Cleveland Memphis finals, Hmm. you know, that may not be the television suits favorite matchup, but I think we could be on the way to that.
0: Last question for you, Kurt. Um, are the Sacramento Kings the most surprising team in the NBA this year?
1: A little bit. They're better than I thought they were. I mean, I thought they'd maybe be maybe fighting for one of those 7-8 playoff spots, and they've been obviously at three. They're way better than that, even in a crowded West. And are not they just – I don't know. It feels like the best story of the NBA, the most positive story of the NBA this year to me. just That is such a starved fan base for I – mean, I mean, 16 years. Yeah. <laughs> I believe the last time they made the playoffs, there was a Bush in the White House. Like, it's been forever since then. And the way they've not only rallied behind Sabonis, and it's a fun team to watch. It's a fun team to watch on League Pass if you get the chance because they are a really good offensive team with Sabonis and Fox. And they don't play any defense. So it's just a shootout every night. And that'll catch up to them in the playoffs. But just making the playoffs is fun for them. The whole city has rallied behind the like the beam thing they've got going, which feels like it could have been corny. But like everybody's buying in and they're, they're loving it. And the fan base is loving it. And you know what? It's good to have those stories. It's good to see a long, tortured fan base be rewarded like this.
0: On Twitter, at Basketball Talk, he is the lead NBA writer and managing editor for NBCSports.com. Kurt Healand joined us on the WaitFor.com hotline. Kurt, as always, buddy, appreciate it, man. Thanks for a few minutes uh, in Atlanta. Good to catch up, and uh, we'll chat again here soon.
1: I look forward to it, man.
0: Take care. You got it. John Chuckery, we'll be back. Sports Radio 19 on the Game and the Odyssey.com app.